0: Good morning everybody, hallelujah, hallelujah, welcome to the house of the Lord this morning and I'm happy to be here, we're happy to be here, we're excited, y'all ready for Christmas, amen, done all your Christmas shopping, we have not so (laughs) we wait till the very last moment, (laughs) very last minute, very last hour, we go get everything, no, but it's (laughs) gonna be a busy time, but Uh, anyway i was praying this morning you know and that song came to me um the midnight cry you know that song the midnight cry the midnight cry when jesus comes again it says can see the prophecies fulfilling amen see the signs of the times i've been studying a lot about israel and about the last days and we're in the last of the last days and you know israel's god's Prophetic time clock, Amen. And I love the stories about World War II and Hitler and all that kind of stuff. Dietrich Bonhoeffer I read books from him, and it was just a terrible, terrible situation, you know. But that happened right before they were regathered, and now there's war over there, and they're fighting the Jews, and they haven't accepted Jesus yet, but they will. But we are the church, and Jesus said. Until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And if you think about it, we're in the same dispensation now. It's after Jesus died and resurrected, and it's almost been exactly 2,000 years, and we're in the exact same time period now. The time of the church, the time of the Gentiles, the times are about to be fulfilled. And we can see, like that song says, the prophecies fulfilling and all we got to do is look around and so what I want to say to you this morning is are you ready to go see Jesus amen are you ready to meet the Lord at the midnight cry God will turn to this Jesus and say go and get my children amen go and get my children amen and uh, and that uh, word from the Lord came through last Sunday morning you know and um, And the word was uh, my children about David and Elijah and the widow woman. And uh, my children, I've come for my children. We are God's children. Amen. And you know, we have a daddy in heaven. And no matter if you have a good (laughs) earthly father or not, and I do, but if no matter if you do or not, we have a heavenly father. Amen. And that just gives peace to my soul. That gives joy to my soul that I have a heavenly Father that loves me, no matter if I mess up, He still loves me, no matter if I got a good home life or not, or a good job or not, or I got money in the bank or not, He loves me, amen, and He loves you. And if this was your last day, (laughs) if the rapture takes place tonight, are we ready, church, are we ready? Have we done everything that we can to bring as many souls as possible into the kingdom of God? of God, because like I said, if you can't see the prophecies fulfilling right now, then you are blind, you are lost, you are lost, lost, lost. We know that the time is at hand, it's very, very soon, so we have to be ready, and if it happened tonight, are we ready, have we preached the gospel at the very best of our ability to get as many souls saved as possible, amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord God, we know, Lord Jesus, that it's the midnight cry. Lord Jesus, says the midnight hour. Lord God, we know that the end of the church age is very near. It's right at the doorstep, Lord Jesus. Lord God, you're going to say to your son, go and get my children. Hallelujah. Go and get my children. It's very soon, God. I know that some of us may be hurting this morning, may be going through stuff, but you love us, Lord God, we have a heavenly Father that loves us, and we are your children, and we pray that you will come get us soon, Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus, come soon, Maranatha, Lord God, come and bring us home soon, we pray for this service, that we will preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost and dying world, that souls will come in, God, black people, Africans, South Americans, Tennesseans, Floridans, Ohioans, homosexuals, drunkards, drug addicts, all different types of people, religious people, Lord God, rich people, poor people, homeless people, single people, divorced people, all different types of people will come in to the kingdom of God, boys, girls, young, old, men and women will come and accept you as their personal Lord and Savior. Please anoint us this morning to preach the gospel. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
1: On accord every prayer. Jesus Messiah
2: sing Jesus in the scriptures you don't understand the Bible sounds wrong? it's true until you see Jesus in the Bible you're not understanding the word because I'm going to on some of this morning the light of the gospel can only show up through him and what he's done that's what shines the light in the darkness that's what saves us is what delivers us is what changes us and it's all about Jesus. You know, yesterday I heard somebody say the other day, and I posted it on the internet, every day is Christmas when you know Jesus. It ain't just one time a year, it's every single day. And it ain't about His birth and being a baby, it's about what He came to do. Because all if you see is a little baby in the manger, you're missing it. Because He ain't in a manger. He's sitting by the right hand of the Father right now in glory and power. He finished the work on the cross. And that's the purpose for why He was born, praise God. And until you see Him, you're not seeing the Scriptures in the light of the truth. The world's in darkness today. church is in darkness Government's in darkness. We need the light to shine. Amen. We need, and for that to happen, Jesus Christ has got to be lifted up. You can't hide Him. You can't be afraid you're going to offend people over His name. You got to be willing to stand for the truth. Amen. Jesus Messiah, name above all names. He's the blessed Redeemer. Amen. You're here this morning because of Him. You better get that. You're here because of Him. You're saved because of Him. You're delivered from sin because of Him. Amen. And we have to remember that and keep Him in the center of everything. You know, the world takes these holidays. They twist them. They pervert them. They make them all about a bunny rabbit or the Christmas tree or the, the fat man in a red suit with the beard. And, and they take And everybody skates around what this is all about. But see, we don't. We teach our children the truth, don't we? We tell them who really gave them them presents, don't we? We don't tell them some fat man came down the chimney who can't fit down the chimney <laughs> with a red suit on. You tell them the truth, amen of the gospel. Why that? You hurt their feelings when you teach them the truth. It don't hurt. It don't. No, you. What you got to get is you got to teach them the truth from the time they're little, so as they grow, they know it. Then it don't hurt their feelings. It don't make them mad. How many people grew, how many of y'all grew up thinking he was really real and you found out that, finally come to the conclusion that he wasn't. Oh, I can't believe, why did they tell me that? They lied to you. Amen. <laughs> I Jesus is real. And he gives us good gifts, the Bible says. So when you give somebody something, remember that's what it's all about. Now speaking of giving, are you ready to give this morning? Or are you ready to tithe? Tithes and offerings on the screen. Tithes and offerings. Let us worship the Lord through giving. It's more blessed to give than to receive, the scripture says. Are you ready to give to the work of the Lord? Those watching through the internet, are you ready to give? Are you ready to open up your bill phone? Get out your checkbook? Use your debit card? Are you ready to give? to the gospel of Jesus Christ until a Christian learns to give his money to the work of God, he is getting nowhere. Until he learns to let go of that green stuff and realize it ain't his. He didn't get it on his own. God gave it to him and God just asked for a small percentage of it back. That's all. And the hardest thing for a man to let go of is that billfold. But when you can let go of that billfold, when you can give liberally, when you can... You don't, you don't get upset when they ask you to give to the church. You don't, go, well, why is he asking for money? Got all these charities in the world, the Shriners, the, the all of these organizations, they get money all the time and nobody says one word. Ain't that great what they're doing if it ain't reaching souls, if it ain't changing people's lives, even though it may be helping somebody in the natural, it's not going to It's not going to help the spiritual man. And how much money, I wonder, will be thrown away, the millions of billions of dollars people giving the stuff that has no substance to it, it can't change a person's life, it has no spiritual connotation to it, but it's just all about being nice during the holidays. You need to be nice every Sunday, every two weeks, every month, and you need to give to the work of the Lord. Amen. Not once a year, every time you get paid. That's what the Bible teaches. Go and give the first fruits back to the Lord. So we're going to ask the Lord to bless it this morning. How many of you got something to give this morning? Are you glad you got something to give? i tell you what you're going to do. If I'm going to ask you, hold it up in the air if you have something to give. We're going to pray as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you this morning to bless the givers. I ask you to meet their needs today. Lord, I ask you to open the windows of heaven. Pour your blessings out, God, upon them. Lord, that you would meet every single need they have physically, financially, emotionally, domestically, whatever the case is, God, meet their need this morning. We ask you to have your way this morning. We ask you to touch us today. We ask you to move through the Internet those watching, those who will watch by later time, that you would move upon people to help us to do what you called us to do in carrying the gospel into other countries. As we go to Africa, we go to wherever you send us, Lord, that you would move upon people to continue to give for the missions work because the doors aren't closed. The doors are open. Lord, Open those doors more and more and use us, Lord, for the glory of God. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: There's a friend in Jesus who will wipe your tears away And if your heart is broken Just lift your hands and say Oh I know that I can make it I know that I can stand No matter what make a make up my way, my life is in your hands, so when your tests and trials, they seem to get you down, and all your friends and loved ones, they don't know where to be found, remember there's a friend in Jesus. Who will wipe your tears away? And if your heart is broken, just lift your hands and say, "Oh trials, they seem to get you down, and all your friends and loved ones, they are nowhere to be found, remember there's a friend in Jesus, who will wipe your tears away. Lift your hands and say, oh.
2: powerful amen, amen. I heard a little bit of my mother's voice in there singing for a second I was reminded when a few years back they were she was here and they were singing that song together Miss Mildred you and my mama would have got along real good I could see you two together having a Holy Ghost fit but she's having one in heaven amen, amen. praise the Lord they're having one in heaven Amen. We can't even imagine what they're doing in heaven right now. The one she sang about finally got to see him. Amen. Amen. And I don't think she's going to be reserved. There ain't going to be no Baptist in heaven. There ain't going to be no Methodist. There ain't going to be no Pentecostals. Well, the truth is, everybody's going to be Pentecostal because there's going to be some noise. They're going to be singing. It's going to be loud. You're not gonna be nervous. You're not going not gonna say, turn that down. Hey, could Brother could you turn the heat up? Could you turn no. We won't have to worry about that in heaven. it will be regulated perfect. <laughs> Amen. The Lamb's gonna be the light of the city. He's gonna be the heat in there, too. <laughs> Amen. This morning, if you have your Bibles, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. Chapter 4. I feel like the Lord has laid this on my heart this morning. I don't know that I really got to study it like I wanted to. I tried and tried and tried and tried. And sometimes the harder you try to study something, the more you can mess it up. So you just have to say, Lord, work through this and help me to preach and give people what you want. And you put it all together the way you want it put together. Second Corinthians chapter 4 Verse seven, so we'll start reading that. No, back up to verse five. The Apostle Paul writing says this: For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Whose power do you have this morning? Well, the things that you encounter will tell whether or not you're operating in his power or in your flesh. He said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you for your strength this morning, for your help, for your anointing, for your power. Lord, for your understanding, the enlightenment of your word, that you would open it this morning, make it real to us. Lord, I pray for people today that are watching, those that are here, that are experiencing difficult things. Lord, that you would speak to them through your word this morning. Your word, you said we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Your word is what we need. Lord, we need the truth. We need understanding. We need revelation. We need doctrine. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it. And Lord, I pray for people today that are watching that you would strengthen them, that you would speak to them, that you would encourage them. I know that this is a time of year when Satan launches attacks on people's minds. He tries to oppress people. The world is lost without hope. And many of your children, Lord, we know the enemy tries to push us down at times he tries to oppress us but you've promised in your word that we have the victory we have the excellency of the power of God we have your spirit Lord we have the word we have the truth and we have a way through the things that we experience Lord I pray today that people that are watching today that don't know you that they would understand they cannot live life without Jesus Christ they cannot overcome Overcome those suicidal thoughts. They cannot overcome the drug addiction, the alcoholism, but only through the blood of Jesus, only through the power of God can they overcome these things that the enemy tries to destroy them with God, as he did many of us, Lord. But you brought us out, you saved us, you changed us, and you've given us the power to go forward in the name of Jesus. Lord, move this morning. Touch us, bless us, and help us in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. As I said, I tried. I read this three or four times this week, and trying to find the mind of the Lord on what exactly He wants said this morning. And I just uh, want to start by saying a few things about what was really going on here. And when Paul wrote this, he he was actually writing this and in. in Uh, correction form somewhat to the church. Remember 1 Corinthians, he wrote it to correct all the issues that were going on in the church. I'm not going to get into all that. Read the book of 1 Corinthians. If you don't believe that a church has problems, read the book of 1 Corinthians. And they have more than one problem at times. (laughs) They have several problems. And he wrote to address all of these problems in the church that he established. And he, he, and he laid it all out, what, how that these things need to be dealt with, how sin needs to be dealt with, and leadership, and uh, marriage problems, um, civil problems, and all these issues concerning the Lord's Supper, how it's to be conducted, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, and all these things, how this stuff is supposed to be conducted in the church. And then we come to 2 Corinthians, he wrote again another letter, because it seemed that, that they didn't at first accept many of the things that he said, and that troubled him. Boy, there's nothing worse that troubles a pastor or a preacher than to give somebody the truth and to see them reject it, and to watch them not use it to their benefit. And so he wrote another letter, and it seems that some things had started turning around, and... The issue is that the, 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 he didn't just have a problem with you know, the church that he had pastored and established and, and trying to teach them things, but he had another issue with some of those Judaizers and those Jews from Jerusalem that had crept in and snuck in and tried to, uh, to um, minimize his calling. They tried to ridicule who he was, because, you know, they they said things like, hey, he's a former blasphemer. Don't you know what he did? Do you know that he had people killed? Do you know that he is a murderer at heart? Do you know that he's not one of the original 12? Do you know? And they did everything they could to try to tear down his apostleship. So they attacked him. And here's the reason why they did it. Because the devil knew that if he can destroy the character of this man... The people will quit listening to what he's preaching. And I'll tell you this right now. I don't care. I don't matter. It don't matter who it is. If God put you in a church under a preacher who understands and preaches the truth of the gospel and you run away from it, you listen to lies, you allow your mind to be affected, you will, you won't hurt the preacher. You'll hurt yourself. Because what will happen is you eventually, you'll start losing your way. Because the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. I can tell you who that is. His name is Satan. And, and Satan wants to try to confuse God's people and how he does it, not with a, not in the form of carrying a pitchfork and horns, but in the form of people who carry a Bible. Who claim they know God, but they pervert the truth of the word. And they don't care about your soul. They don't care about you having continual victory over sin. All they want to do is get you away from the truth. Get you away from where your life has been changed. And, and they they do it. They, they really, I think they did this more so because they wanted to try to injure Paul. But what they didn't realize was, They couldn't injure this man because he was dead to them. He didn't care what they said. I won't say he didn't care. I'd say he cared somewhat, but he didn't let it affect him. He didn't, there's not one of us who don't care about when people talk about us and they say stuff bad and they lie on us. It bothers you to agree. Don't tell me that it don't, but you can't let it control you. You can't allow it to hinder you, to shut you down, shut you up. And this is what Satan's plan was. Attack the man of God and if we can tear his character down, we can ruin his reputation, if we can falsely accuse him, those people will quit listening to him and they'll leave that church. Exactly what Satan wants. Leave the truth. And... The things that he said to them, he was, he had to remind them that this was not about him, this was about them. In other words, he's, I I don't do what I do for me, I do it for you. I don't go through all of the problems that I go through, suffer the attacks, the opposition, the persecution, the family problems, the problems in church, problems in the world. I don't go through these things because of me, it's all for you. That's what he was saying. And he says in chapter 3, I got to bring a few things out. He reminds them that Look, these Judaizers, all look, they're all steeped in law. All they can see. Listen, I want to speak to people in this church this morning too because find out which category you're in. When these men, when all they got from reading the Word and especially the Old Covenant, you know all they come away with? Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Law. You can't go here. You can't go there. You can't eat pork. You can't do that. And they missed the whole purpose of the old covenant, which was to point to Jesus Christ, the one that it was a type and a shadow of. But they heap laws upon people, insist that they follow their traditions, but Jesus said they don't even keep them themselves. They're telling you to do stuff that they can't even do. They're telling you, just be nice to people, but they're angry. They're telling you, love everybody, but they got murder in their own horse because that's all law does. It agitates the flesh. And they, they come in, they say, You can't be so y'all can't be saved just by faith in Jesus. You got look, they gotta keep these laws. And Paul understood something. No man can keep all the law. You can't do it. He said, I've already tried it. It don't work. And it don't bring life, it just brings death. When you wake up in the morning, and say, I'm not gonna do this, and I'm not gonna do that, Lord, and I'm gonna be a good person today. Do you know what you're doing? You're living under law. You're living under your law. Put your name in there and say, this is my law. And I'm so, so I'm not living by faith in what Jesus did. I'm telling God what I'm going to do. You, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. He said, let me tell you some of the things he said. In chapter 3, he said, you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Do we need commendation? Do we need recommendation? Do we need confirmation as to the calling on our life and our ministry? He said, no, you, you people, you church you are our epistle you are the proof what I preached to you there's proof enough don't you remember when you were in bondage don't you remember when some of you were drunkards don't you remember when you were controlled by anger by hatred by bitterness when you were steeped in witchcraft don't you remember what you were and when you heard me preach the gospel the power of God showed up came into your life and changed you and set you free. Come on somebody. Because you said yes to Jesus and your whole life began to change. You better go back and remember what the truth did for you. You better go back to the cross. You better get back to your first love. You better come back where it all begins church because you ain't going to get delivered from your sin no other way. Don't you remember Now, some of them, they don't remember because they've been listening to lies and they look at the preacher through the flesh now and they say, look, you know what he did? Well, they say he did this. They say he did that. And and now Satan has confused your mind and now you're thinking bad about the man that's telling you the truth because you're listening to trash. You're listening to garbage. Some of y'all need to turn some people off. Quit telling everybody your problems. Stop running to everybody and telling them what's going on in every detail of your life. Stop telling people because everybody can't handle what's going on. Some people, it affects their minds to the point they can't even sit and listen to the truth and accept it. He said, we don't have to commend ourselves. We don't have to prove anything to anybody. Who cares what they say? Let them lie. You know good and well this gospel works. You've seen it change your life. You've seen the power of God work in you. You remember what I preached to you. I didn't preach myself. I preached Jesus Christ. And you said yes to him. And you got changed and saved. <laughs> he said, you are our epistle." It's not written with ink, but it's written with the Spirit of the Living God. Huh. He said, We're not sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. He said, But our sufficiency is of God. Let them say what they want to say. Let them say we're walking in the flesh. Let them say we don't know the truth. Let them say he's not a real apostle. Let them say he's not called of God. Let them say whatever they want to say, but you listen to the truth. Our sufficiency is of God. He said he's also, he has made us able ministers, listen, of the New Testament. The New Testament the New Testament because the old has been fulfilled, the old has been smeared out as I brought out Wednesday night done away with no it don't mean we don't read it it don't mean we don't follow the precepts. it means we are not under law we are not under the old covenant we don't have to take an animal to the Lord and slit its throat we don't have to participate in a feast day in a fast day in new moon days we don't have to refrain from eating pork praise God because the new covenant has fulfilled all that stuff and I got a relationship today with the one praise God that died on the cross for me so i need to be preaching the new covenant and telling people look the old has been fulfilled jesus fulfilled every bit of it so now you don't go to jerusalem to to confess your sins you don't go to a priest you go to jesus christ the one who officiates the new covenant He said, the letter kills, but the spirit brings life. See, the law, when you're bound by law, don't do, don't do, don't do. Stay away here. And there are some things, don't misunderstand me, that we don't do. There's things we do and there's things we don't do. But we got to get out of the law mindset and get into the new covenant, grace. Grace. We got to understand that this gospel has been given not just to save us but to continually change us if you want to be if you want to escape deception. If you want to escape your mind being troubled by lies, you got to hold fast to the truth. Because you're going to be tested. You're going to be tempted. You're going to be tried. You're going to be hit by the devil. You're going to have opposition. You're going to have problems. Well, that sounds negative. Well, it's the truth. And you're going to have to face it. There's things you ain't going to confess your way out of. I believe in a right confession. I don't think you should walk around talking negative all the time, talking garbage. I don't, but at the same time, you are not going to confess your way out of some things because God has ordained them to take you through them, to test you, to build you, to strengthen you, not to move the mountain out of your way, but to get you through the mountain so that you can come out saying, let me tell you what the Lord has done in my life. If the song said, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve it. That's, that's Bible. He says, he, and he, he does a comparison between the old covenant and the new covenant. And I want to just tell you a few things that he said as we get back to the text. He said, Oh, where's that? The veil that Israel, as when they read, that he said their minds were blinded. He said, seeing then that we have such hope, we use a plainness of speech, not as Moses, which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. So if you read the Old Covenant and you don't see Jesus, all you're doing is operating under law more than likely. If you read the Word of God and you don't see Jesus, you're missing it because this is the purpose of the Bible. It's the purpose, it's the reason for our salvation, Jesus He said, but even unto this day when Moses is read, there is a veil upon their heart. But there's coming a day when Israel, Adam said it this morning, nevertheless when they shall turn to the Lord, it shall be taken away. When Israel turns to Jesus, when all of Israel shall be saved, the ones, the remnant, they're going to see the one whom they pierced, the one that they drove the nails in his hand, the ones that they said, let his blood be upon us. But praise God, when they come to the understanding that it is he that is the Messiah at the second coming, the veil is going to be removed out of the way. And for the first time, they're going to realize the one they crucified is their Savior. Now, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You know what that means? where the gospel is preached, where the truth is preached, where the cross is preached, guess what? Liberty. What did Paul say in Galatians 5 and 1? Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. If you live under law, if you put your faith in your church attendance, if you put your faith in how much you read the Bible, Christ shall profit you nothing. What Jesus died to give you will not be working in your life because you're abrogating God's way. You're not going God's way. Mm. The veil has got to be removed. And the only way that veil can be moved out of the way is to see Jesus. To learn, listen, to learn the message of the cross for sanctification. I know some of y'all might get a little bored with that, but I'm going to say this right now. I told my wife the other day, I said, God is. I felt so much the Lord recently impressing upon me more and more and more. I'm not. I'm not getting it from Brother Swaggart. I'm not getting it from others. I'm not listening to other people all the time. I know the Spirit of God has been moving me more and more and more. To press upon me to tell you in this church and you watching through that internet, you must know, you must learn, you must accept the message of the cross for sanctification, not in your head, but get it into your heart. Because if you don't, you're going to have a lot of unnecessary trouble. The devil's going to beat you down. He's going to wear you out. And when you get to heaven, you're going to be like, the Lord's going to say, I gave you. You could have had a whole lot better. But the danger is, here's the danger, if you don't go go God's way, you lose your way. Then you're defenseless and you can't overcome powers of darkness because the devil will wear you out. Powers of hell are real. Demon forces are real. They're greater than we are, but they ain't greater than God's power and God's power comes because of us understanding what Jesus Christ has done for us and we got to steer completely away from law and embrace this truth and walk in it. This is the battle. This is you you know there is really no battle in getting saved. It's easy to get saved. I mean, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today I got saved. Man, it was easy. I didn't have to do anything but repent and cry and say, Lord, I'm so, Lord, if you're there, I need you. There was no battle. Praise God. I was saved, set free. My life changed. But man, I found out a little later on there's a battle in learning how to walk this out. There's a battle in learning how to live this. There's a battle. Come on somebody. That you look, you can backslide. You can go back. I knew that. I understood that I wasn't as stupid as some so-called preachers. I knew that I could go back into what God brought me out of and I didn't want to go back, but I didn't know how to keep myself totally free until God showed me the message of the cross. And praise God when He did, me and my wife started walking and talking a whole lot We started learning how to overcome those attacks. We wouldn't be here today if we didn't. We wouldn't. I'm convinced 100% we wouldn't be here today. Had we not cried out, Lord, show us the truth. Let me warn you something though when God shows you the truth, get ready for trouble because along with the truth and the revelation and the freedom there's coming some attacks there's coming some darkness there's going to come some problems everybody ain't going to be happy about you getting closer to Jesus everybody ain't going to be happy about you living a clean life or doing everything you can to everybody's not going to be happy about you being in a church where the preacher spits jumps, runs, shouts, screams and talks about the cross I don't talk about it. I preach it. Because it works. If it didn't work, we wouldn't be here today. There's no way. We would have backslidden a long time ago. We would have lost our way. But you see, this this power can keep you. This power can keep you. When all of hell is coming against you, you got a power. And that's the only thing that's going to keep us. But you see, we got to go God's way. Paul said, seeing that we have this ministry, we we receive mercy. We faint not. Why haven't we fainted? Because we got mercy flowing. We need to learn how to receive God's mercy. You ever find yourself in a situation in a time in your life when you just cry, Lord, just have mercy on me. Lord, I need help. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it. You know what? You're in a perfect position to receive mercy because it's then you're learning you can't do it. Flesh can't get it. And for that to happen, we we got to be put in situations where we, we don't see no way out of it. This man was put in situations, I think like none of us will ever go through, even those in ministry today. We suffer things, we get attacked, we suffer problems, but I don't know that any of us will ever go through what this man went through in the flesh, in the natural. I don't know that I'd overcome some of the things that he did in the natural like he did. Unless you got God's grace and His mercy. He said i got to move ahead a little bit. I'm just skipping through some verses. I hope you're okay this morning. He said, if our gospel be hid, it's here to them that are lost. I'm not hiding anything. No, He says, there's nothing hid here. Who cares what they say? They can accuse me of being dishonest. They can say I'm twisting the word. They can say whatever. But you know what? There's nothing hid here. Our gospel is not hid. If our gospel is hid... You know who it's hid to? The lost. You know why they're lost? You know why they're in darkness? Because they reject the gospel that can change their life. So if it's hid, it's on, look, God, if it's hid, it's because God has hid it from them who reject it. Was it Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, 29 or some down, down through there. Jesus said, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have hid these truths from the wise and the prudent. God hid it. Why? Because they rejected it. See, when God has something from you, you ain't gonna find it. He said, but you have revealed it unto babes. That's people who have a humble spirit. That's people who know they don't have everything together. That's people who know that they ain't right about every single thing. That's people that says, I need to learn the word more. I need need a greater understanding of your word, Lord. And see, if that's you, good news. God ain't hiding anything from you. He's going to give you the truth. He's going to open your understanding. But if you got a prideful spirit, if all you want to do is argue with people, if all you want to do is cause trouble, God's going to hide the truth from you. He said if it's hid, it's hid from them that are lost. The world is blind. Anybody taking a look around you lately? On your job, out in Walmart, out on the street corner. The world is blind. They walk in darkness. They don't know where they're going. They stumble from place to place just barely making it. But praise God, you and I don't live like that. I'm glad today I ain't barely making it. Even though we suffer attacks, we still got mercy. We got grace. We got the power of God keeping us, moving us, helping us to March forward in times of trouble. He said, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. You see, if you don't believe the gospel, you're blind. What is the gospel? Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ? And Him crucified. It saves you. It delivers you. It keeps you. It helps you. It opens your understanding. And if you reject it, you're blind. How many people today in the church are blind? Again, because they're so steeped in law. It's all about what they do. And not what Jesus has done. you got to get out of that mindset because God ain't interested in what you're doing for him. He's interested in what he wants to do in you. And he does it because of what you believe. So if you refuse to believe it, you're blind. The God of this world, the devil, that's the devil. He's blinded the minds of them that believe not. Why, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them. Boy, I'm glad I saw the light. I'm glad the light shine 24 years. Boy, we get almost finna hit 25. We're gonna have a celebration. Praise the Lord. I mean, the devil, he's really fighting that one. We're getting really close to 25 and I've been feeling some opposition lately. Maybe that's a part of why he's fighting because he said, maybe I can get, stop him from reaching 25. I want to tell you, devil, we made it to 24. We're gonna make it to 25 by the mercy and by the grace of God and we're gonna make it past 25. We going all the way to glory by the power of God. Not by our power, by his power. He said, if they would open their hearts, if the world would repent, if the world, people you know right now that are lost in darkness, if they would open their hearts sincerely and cry to God for mercy and ask for forgiveness, you, you know what would happen? <laughs> The light will show up. I'm gonna tell you something. I love the light. I ain't no fan of darkness. I'm a I'm a light man. The only time only time I like to really see darkness is when my eyes are closed or when I'm snoring. Hello, that's the only kind of darkness I really like. I ain't no man of darkness. I ain't no fan of darkness. Go to bed early, get up early. I don't like to be up late, and I don't like for nobody to try to keep me up late because I don't care to be in darkness. I won't be in the light. <laughs> when the light shows up boy your soul gets lit up and listen all of a sudden you don't see things the way you used to see them boy your life changes and then when you start reading the Bible. And you start seeing all the things you've done that were wicked, they were evil, they were wrong. And God shows you the light and starts helping you to walk in the light and walk away from the darkness. Boy, you are so thankful. Boy, I tell you, you are so thankful. I'm so glad today that we saw the light. I'm so glad that... As hard-headed and hard-hearted as I was, the light broke through the darkness, praise God, at 30 years old. There's hope for some of your family members. There's hope for some of your children. Hope for some of your grandchildren, praise God. The power of God is real and he can take a man no matter what his age is and he can break him down. By the power of his spirit, he can save him and he can reveal the light to him and change his whole world. I wish I'd have done it a whole lot sooner, but I'm glad I got in when I did. I think God made up for all the years that I did reject Him. I think that He did a work in me and my wife for all the years of pushing Him away and the things He wanted to do in us and, you know, through us. And, you know, I think many times I thought, boy, gosh, why wasn't I? How come I didn't go with Mama to that Jimmy Swaggart crusade in the 80s? I heard all those stories about the power and how, let me tell you, people were getting delivered, people were getting set free from alcohol, getting set free from drugs. And she said, I said, what did it feel like in those auditoriums? She said, it felt like the electricity moving through the building. It was so powerful. And I thought, this is after I got set I go,
0: Woohoo
2: I wish I'd have been there. But you know what? When we get to heaven, Boy, that power is going to be radiating. <laughs> Imagine if God demonstrates his power through a man and a ministry on earth. What it'll be like in heaven. And I, some of those old crusades come on at times and I look and I see the date, 1983, 1984, I thought, boy, I was rebellious, I was evil, I was mean, I was nasty. Man! I can pinpoint where I was at that, in that year, running, rebellious, hard-hearted. But the light of the gospel showed up at 30 years old and used the very one I didn't want to listen to. Mm. <laughs> you can't outrun the Lord. You can't outrun the truth. You can't outrun that conviction. And I'm glad he did it the way he did it, but the light showed up. I, you've heard us tell the story, and I told it recently, how our lives so dramatically changed so quick that we went from fussing, fighting, drinking, and cussing, and throwing stuff every weekend to sitting outside in our front yard in a chair with a Bible in our laps reading the Word of God, and people thought we done lost it. Ain't that something you're cool when you're running with the devil, but you're crazy. You've lost it when you stop living in sin. <laughs> and people were confounded. And I, to a degree, I can understand because you just don't know how we were. If you knew, you'd be probably thinking, <laughs> you'd probably been like some of the others. Hold on, is this real? Hold on, we better watch this for a while. Oh, he's on a religious kick they got on they're going to church. Well, we'll see how long that lasts well twenty four years is still here. It's lasting because the light showed up, and look when you open your heart up to the light, it's gonna permeate your soul, and somebody around you is gonna know that you got the light. somebody's gonna know you saw the light. they're gonna know that you ain't what you used to be. That's the purpose of the gospel, to change us. He said, we preach not ourselves. Oh, so people must be saying, oh, he's lifting up himself. He's just trying to bring you to him. Da, da, da. And they make up stuff. He says, we preach not ourselves. And you know we don't. But Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your your servants for Jesus' sake. We don't preach ourselves, and you know we don't. We preach Jesus Christ. We bring you to him. We're just his servants that he uses to give you the truth. Don't you remember? For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. This is where it starts. Inside. See, law can't do this. Thou shalt not can't do this. The Spirit of God is the only one who can do this. It shines in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of who? Jesus Christ. Jesus. This is how the light shines. It's through Jesus. Now, let me get to where I want to go this morning. But we have, again, verse 7, chapter 4. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The word treasure there speaks of riches or wealth or something that is laid up in store. We have these riches. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, in this earthly body. Guess what? We got something. You better have. Because if you don't, you won't survive what's coming. You won't survive the attacks. You won't survive the opposition. That's why, again, it's so important that every one of us, we understand the message of the cross, we apply it, we live it, and we put it into effect in our lives because testing is coming, opposition is coming, trouble is coming. That the, We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power Excellency of the power, we need the power, may be of God and not of us. There's coming a time you're going to need the power to get through what's coming your way. Well, what's coming my way? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to tell you this morning some of the things that came Paul's way. And we're not exempt from these things. Although again, I don't think we'll, we'll. We will go through the degree that he went through, but still we will go through things and some people go through more severe things than others. And I'm convinced that ministers and preachers of the gospel that God has called that they will go through a lot more than the person who comes and sits on a pew. Not saying you won't go through anything, but the degree that the preacher goes through, I believe is a whole lot more than most Christians. Why? Because God uses it to teach us things. God uses it to grow us. God uses it to strengthen us. God uses it, look, for your benefit. There's some things we go through you'll never know about, you don't need to know about, and you, you don't even think need to think about knowing about, but it is, sometimes we have to come and stand up here and preach to you while our heart is sinking Miss Grace, am I right? Sometimes we have to come up here and stand before you when we have faced an onslaught of the devil just before we came to church. Sometimes we have to walk through these doors and look, be faithful and realize this ain't about me. This is about you. If I was doing this for me, I might have walked off. If I was doing this for me and how I feel, I don't know if I'd keep doing this just for me, but there's a greater reason. There's people's souls at stake. Your maturity, your growth, your strength in the Lord, God has called us to preach to you so that helps keep us going. So that's why you need to come to church. Sunday, Wednesday, hello, come to church because that's a little discouraging when the preacher walks through the doors and he sees three people. (laughs) Any pastor, ask any pastor, which is easier, which is easier to minister? When everybody's at church, the building's full and everybody's supposed to be there is there or when there's only five? Because numbers increase. Numbers, they do some... We don't do what we do for numbers. I hope you understand that by now because if we did, we would close this down a long time ago. Because I preached to three, I preached to five, I preached to 10, I preached to 20. You know, here we've seen them come, we've seen them go... And we have to remain faithful no matter what people do. So if I was doing it for myself, I would have been done a long time ago, but I do it, we do it for you. So come to church. Listen, watch through the internet. Listen to the gospel. God's called you to hear the truth. But you got to understand something. When you start hearing the truth, you will be attacked. You will be opposed. Satan will try to get you to stop listening to that which is the truth. He said this, we are troubled on every side. Wow, imagine that. Coming from every direction. Sounds contrary to Joel Osteen's message, don't it? Sounds contrary to most of your modern-day preachers, don't it? Who say you're a champion, you're great, you got everything under control, everything's going to be all right, God's for you, God's not against you. you You know, blessing, blessing, blessing. But let's listen to what a real man of God says. He said, we are troubled on every side. Well, if he was really an apostle, he wouldn't be going through that. Hmm. You think the President of the United States don't go through stuff? Even the one we got. Not that he cares. But you think people in leadership don't go through stuff even in the government? They get opposed, especially those who stand for what's right. But preachers even more so. He said we are troubled on every side. Troubled means to press together, to Compress. (laughs) Anybody felt compressed lately? Like, you know, you're just being squeezed every direction you turn. You got a problem coming here, a problem coming there. This is going on and that's going on. You're like, Lord, I need help. And it's like sometimes the Lord just allows Satan to come from every angle through people, through the government, through the church, through religion, through people on the job. They come and they compress. It means to afflict you, to oppress you with evil. Christians are not exempt from being oppressed with evil. Christians are not exempt from being afflicted. He said we are troubled on every side, but hold on, that's the negative part, let's look at the positive part, but not, he said, we're distressed on every side, we're distressed on every side, yet not distressed. Okay, it comes, but we're not distressed. In other words, we're not going to allow it to overcome us. We don't have to allow it to cause us to backslide. Come on, we don't have to allow it because look, we got a power inside the excellency of the power that is of God. It ain't of us. It's there to help us not cave in. And sometimes even when you want to give up in your flesh, there's a greater working in you that says, no, you can't give up. I didn't bring you this far to leave you. I'm going to take you all the way to the end. It's just a test. Just hold on and let my power work in you. Let me have my way in you. I need to mature you more. I need to teach you a greater dependence on me more. I need to cut some more flesh out of you. (laughs) because flesh don't really go till it starts getting hit, till it starts getting exposed. <laughs> we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. The word distress means to be constrained. You don't have to let the devil choke the life out of you. You don't have to let the problems, the things he's throwing at you, shut you up. You don't have to let it cause you to sit down. You don't have to let it cause you to back up. You've got the excellency of the power of God through the blood of Jesus Christ inside of you, helping you. So we're perplexed, but we're not in despair, or we're yet we're not distressed. Look, he said the next part, he said, we're perplexed, but not in despair. Perplexed means to be without resource and not knowing how to proceed forward. Anybody ever been there? Without resources you've exhausted all your resources in the natural. There's nothing else you can do about the situation. There's nobody on earth that can help you. Your husband can't help you. Your wife can't help you. Your family can't help you. Your church can't help you. People on the job can't help you and you just kind of feel, man, I'm just all alone. God, where are you? There's times we feel like that, right? Perplexed. You're walking around without any direction. You ever find yourself saying, "Lord, am I doing the right thing? Am I going in the right direction, Lord? Am, Lord did I do something wrong, Lord? It, what? What? Lord, is what's going on here?" And it just might be a test. So God can get some glory in your life. One more time. Get some flesh out. Teach you greater dependence on him. Because if you don't go through it, you won't experience it. You're perplexed. So you're, you, it's like you're walking around with no direction. He said, but Paul said this, but we're not in despair. We are not without help. We have help. The world has no help. We have help. That help is inward. I said that help is inward. He said this, we're persecuted but not forsaken. Persecution is a hard thing sometimes, especially if it comes from people in your family or people in your church, people on a job, people in the world. Persecution is persecution, and I'll tell you Satan will use people to try to rip you up, to try to attack you, to try to falsely accuse you, to put you under condemnation, to persecute we are he said, we are persecuted at times. We face ridicule from religion, from the government. From people in the church world, he said, we're persecuted, but we are not forsaken. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Let the devil attack. We got help. Mm -hmm. Jesus said he will never leave us or forsake us. We are not forsaken. In other words, we're not, he's not going to desert us even though sometimes you might feel deserted. The Lord isn't deserting you. He's testing you. Listen, he said we're cast down but not destroyed. You know, the word cast down speaks of demolition. <laughs> to demolish. You ever just felt demolished? In your walk with God? Have you ever just gone through things? Uh Uh-uh, better stop that. Brand new mic. Devil. No. Demolished. I ain't even jumping and running. They can't blame it on me. Demolished. Cast down. It means to throw down with a sudden motion or maybe I need to remove it a little bit and it will stop. They... to to throw down, to demolish, to cast, throw down with a sudden motion, you just feel cast down. You feel down. (laughs) And you got to be careful when you feel down that you don't walk around talking down. (laughs) Feeling down, expressing down. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh Uh-uh. You need to know what you need to do. You got help. You may be cast down a little, but you're not destroyed. That means to cause you to perish. The devil can't cause you to perish. He can't destroy you. He can't do anything to you unless God lets him do it. So while you're being... Persecuted while you're feeling cast down, while you feel this in despair and without any hope, remember this: there's somebody on your side that's going to give you the help, give you the power. Remember, the excellency of the power is of God, and it ain't of you. So when the Lord brings you out of it, you and you and you come out of being in despair and you start shouting again, you're gonna say, Let me tell you what the power of God. God has done one more time in my life. Let me give you one more testimony of what God brought me through. Let me tell you one more time what Jesus has done in my life, done in my family, done in my church. Let me tell you God's power is real. You may be cast down but not destroyed. Listen, Paul said we're always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. He says, I know why I'm going through what I go through because of the gospel. My death with Jesus on the cross, what he's done for me, yes, it brings about suffering. It brings about opposition. It brings about attacks. But I know that God uses it at times to conform me more it's to the image of his son. So there's a death taking place. While it's true that a death already has taken place, there's still a dying taking place in me because there's things that God needs to get out. Hmm. Y'all didn't all seem to agree with that. Talk to your spouse. People on the job. <laughs> yeah, there's things they have to go and they don't go unless we go through some stuff. Look, I said, go through. Not stay, don't pitch a tent and stay, go through. He said, this is all about, it's about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's about the gospel. He said, for we which Live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. <laughs> I don't know if I want a ministry like that. Trust me, when it's His power, you can do it. In your power, you can't make it. But when His power is working, you can come to church when you're being persecuted. When His power is working, you can keep on preaching when people talk about you. When His power is working, You can stand even in the face of failure and say, look, I know God is working on me and God's restoring me and God's doing things in me. You can continue to go on. We can't give up and quit. We can't lay down when we're being hit because that's what Satan wants you to do. Give up. We're always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest where? Where? In our mortal flesh. The work of Jesus Christ, you can talk about the cross all you want. You can say cross, you can say Christ crucified, but until this works in your heart and brings about a death to self and brings a change in your life, because that's what its purpose is to take us from the flesh to the spirit, to that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. What he did, he wants it to be manifest in your flesh. He wants you to learn how to forgive people who wrong you when you're tempted to hate them. No, you don't accept wrongdoing. We don't do that. I do If somebody does something wrong and it's detrimental, it's, it's bad, then they need to know that's wrong. But holding unforgiveness toward people, you can't do that. You got to keep your heart clean. You got to let the death of Jesus Christ crucify you. (laughs) You want the message of the cross working in your life? Forgive. And you shall be forgiven. Hello? It don't mean we got this thing. Well, if I forgive them, they they, they don't think that I'm accepting what they're doing. No. I ain't responsible for what you do. You are. I got to keep my heart clean towards you though. I can't hate you. No matter what you do to me. Because that will affect my relationship with the Lord. And let me tell you something else more dangerous about it. If you don't forgive, God don't forgive you. And you start slipping up and doing, committing stuff and getting into sin, you're going down. Because God, He made plan If you don't forgive, I don't forgive you. What a mouthful. You need to be a forgiving person. You better be. Don't mean you accept wrongdoing. But you better be willing to forgive people. You better be, for, be willing to forgive people that backslid. You better be willing to forgive people that left church. You better be willing to forgive people that said stuff about you. You better be willing to forgive people that harmed you. You better be willing to let them go, give them to God, turn them over, and let him be the one to deal with them, Well, I what well, you just don't know what they did. I'm telling you right now, you better follow God's word and forget about your flesh and your feelings and what other people say. You better find out what God says. Because I'm I've been tempted to not forgive a lot of people and I have to remind myself of this every single time. If I don't forgive them, Lord, you say that things can get corrupt and it can get dark between me and you, and I don't want that, Lord. I want the way with me and you staying open all the time. So I need to be quick to forgive people. And sometimes it ain't easy to be quick. Hello? Especially when you're dealing with somebody with a background that we came out of who just love to fight, who love to cause trouble, who love to stir stuff up. But see, you can't do that as a Christian. You're not the same person. You don't live like the world lives. You don't provoke People. (laughs) God's got some work to do in all of us, don't He? You don't provoke your husband. You don't provoke your wife. You don't provoke your children. You don't provoke people on the job. You don't stir stuff up to try to get a rise out of people. You don't try to cause trouble. You don't try to keep something going that's evil. You need to let God get that out of you. Woo, what a death. Dying with Jesus, that the life of Jesus, Jesus forgave those who crucified him, didn't he? he? He wasn't agreeing with them, but he forgave them. He said, they know not what they do. But if they died lost, they still went to hell. Didn't change anything. It didn't change their spiritual condition. They went to hell for rejecting him, for nailing him to a cross. They suffered the consequences, and he forgave them. Who? How forgiven are we? What if you were nailed to a cross by people, laughing, mocking, itching, cursing you? Would you be able to say, "Lord, forgive them"? ain't no Jesus is in this house this morning. A bunch of flesh. Only through the power of God, look again, only through the power of God can you truly forgive somebody yes, and lay it down and let him have it. Amen. There's things that we get hit with from time to time. I mean, they just come out of nowhere. I don't like those kind. How about you? I don't like the kind that just come, I mean, if I got a little bit of a notice, you know, I'm, but you know when they just come out of nowhere? (laughs) And like, oh, what in the world? What's going on here? How'd that happen? What in the world is wrong? Where'd that come from? And the devil says, "I'm, I'm using anything I can to try to get to you. That's what he's doing. Use anything he can to try to get to you. To try draw you out in the flesh, (laughs) woo, pull you out into the flesh, and he'll use people. He's a he's a lure. He wants to lure you. Come on, bite on my lure. I want to destroy you. I want to mock at you. I want people in your church to laugh at what you. I cause you to do. You don't have to bite. You don't have to bite. Let God's power work. The excellency of the power is of God, it comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. And there's got to be a dying in us to receive more of it. Miss Grace, would you come? Miss Michaela, would you come? I'll take him off your hands. Don't worry. It won't, you won't intrude into my space if I had to take him. Okay. So you're going to sing with him sleeping. If he wakes up, you give him to me. Listen, are you having problems this morning? Are you being attacked? Are you going through things? I got a feeling some people are. I know you are. But I tell you this, we got the power. We got help. We got God's strength. Then if you, listen, if you need it this morning, if you're facing something, you watch it through the internet, you're facing something. And you need strength. God has it. And it's through the blood of Jesus. So if you need it this morning, come. And there's something you need to come and lay on this altar this morning. There's somebody you need to lay down. There's some situation you need to bring to the Lord. Something you can't overcome Bring it to Jesus You can't do it But he's already done it The power is what you need The power Praise God Lord let your power move through your people this morning God move through that camera today God touch your people I feel that there's people in here you're facing things that you can't get through. You need the power. You need Even God's strength. You can't do it on your own. And He's ready to give you the help you need. Praise God. He's going to give it to you. And it's going to come in the form of the inward man. Lord of us, son of the Wukunda, the in the name of Jesus, Lord. Pour your power out. God, pour your spirit out. In Jesus' name.
1: Way back back on Calvary, it's the blood that gives me strength. Strength from death.
2: I saw something yesterday where somebody wrote something that said before you start asking God for a bunch of things, start thanking him for what you already have. Amen. That's what we need to learn to do. Thank you, Lord. I'm saved. Thank you, Lord. I've got a roof up above me. Good place to sleep. Good family. Amen. Thank him. Walk out of here today. Thank him. Come back tonight. Adam's going to be preaching tonight. You don't want to miss it.
1: We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at
2: 423-744-0774.